be a stay-at-home mom? Are you kidding me? This is the Simply a Vessel podcast, and this is your host, Janelle Hunter. Today, I'm talking about a subject that a lot of people kind of hesitate from they or a lot of people actually have an opinion on and that is the topic of being a stay-at-home mom especially with younger women because you know that's just something that's seen as old-fashioned and old-timey in the 50s and 60s and all that good stuff so I have with me a young lady um somebody I go way 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 on back with um back in the sophomore days back in the 90s um she is actually a stay-at-home mom and a wife, and I'm just going to get inside her head and see, you know, what her journey was to become a stay-at-home mom, and so you guys, help me welcome Miss Maite Ramirez Bender. Yay! Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's not being a stay-at-home parent for me. My experience has been that no one's really interested in what you're doing. Um, it's one of those, like you said, it's sort of like old fashioned, like, you know, you kind of get that look at like, what you're doing that, like you actually choose to do that. Right, Why right, do you right, do right, it? Right, right, right. So I, I appreciate that, but I've been doing it for seven years Okay. Uh, and I have two children and, um, I married my high school sweetheart and I'm, uh, the daughter of people who, uh, migrated from Mexico mm-hmm. when I was very young. And so they escaped pro- poverty and their way of thinking, their way of life was, let's do better for our children. Let's go to America. Let's make money. Let's help them out so they can have some sort of security. And so my life was always being taught to work hard, get an education, and to be a career woman. And so I grew up my entire life thinking, okay, that is what I'm going to do. I find value and my identity is in who I'm going to become, um, what's going to be behind, what kind of title is going to be behind my name. Right. And so that's what I did. So I got two degrees. I got a bachelor's in psychology. Okay. And then I got a master's in clinical mental health. Okay. And that was the path that I had planned on since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And I never really thought about getting married or quite honestly ever having kids. Oh, yeah. Um, and a month before I was due to marry my high school sweetheart, Zach, yes. he told me, you know, this is important to me. I want children. And if we can't have children, then it's not going to work. Ooh, it will. a month before we are going to get married. What? And this is after dating for a long time. Yeah, they were For a long time, for, like seven years. Oh, yeah, they was like middle school sweethearts. No, not really, but well, it was close like, to it. He was like 15 when I okay, met him. Okay, so, yeah. so you're 11th and 10th? You, we were in 11th and Yes, 10th. Okay. yes. Uh, wow. I think so, yeah. Okay. I think, yep. That's how wow. it worked out. I remember that. Um, so, so we, at that point, we're like, okay, so we're going to get your degrees and we're going to have kids later. Mm-hmm. You know, you get your degree, you work, we'll gain some stability and then you'll have, we'll have kids later. Well, we got pregnant and we weren't planning on having a baby that soon. Mm-hmm. But God sent us that little soul when he deemed fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like my last semester of graduate school, and I was just a portion of it. And it was a huge shock. Mm-hmm. And so everything that I worked for, it mm. just like 
disappeared. It was like, you had all these plans, and God laughed. He was like, God. actually, my take, this is where you're going to be. God just be messing up all the plans. I was like, oh, really, God? Like, <laughs> so, you know. Right. So it was something where he placed me. Yeah, yeah. And so um, my mom worked, and so I remember... When I grew up, there was four kids, and we all took care of each other, and it was it was a family effort, and it worked for our family. But I remember thinking, I probably won't have kids, but if I ever do have kids, I know I want to stay with them. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to stay mm-hmm. um, with my firstborn. And a year after we decided, okay, you're going to stay, but after a year, you're going to actually go back to work. Mm-hmm. We both decided, you know what, this is not where we feel like we need to be like you need to be at home mm-hmm. and we need to raise our kids together and my husband works from home and that has its blessings and it has its challenges too yeah, sure um but we decided we're going to raise our kids at our home and you know if they go to school at some point it won't be to like kindergarten or first grade but we're gonna you know set these roots and we're gonna teach them these values and we're gonna teach them about god and we're going to teach them in how to get into heaven instead mm-hmm. of Harvard, sort of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so that was what we decided to do. It was never in my plans ever to do it. But once I realized what it meant to be a stay-at-home parent and not missing all these things that like other moms were missing, like when he had his first word, I was actually able to teach him sign language. Mm. He was speaking to me at eight months because we did sign language together, and he would say yes and no and more in sign language, and we were communicating very early on, and I just saw how advanced he was, and I felt like that was something that was just like reassuring because I felt like that was God's way of saying, you're doing the right thing. This is where I want you to be, so... It was for me hard initially because it wasn't my plan, but it was like the it's been so far the most fulfilling thing, the most humbling, the most challenging, but like the most extraordinary thing I think I could ever do mm. beyond you know me working outside of the home. Okay, so what what were your family's and his family's reactions when y'all said, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do"? Mm-hmm. His family was so happy because his mom stayed at home with them till he and his sister were in high school. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was really exciting. My dad and my mom lost their marbles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was Ada and Bruno? Ada and Bruno were not happy, especially Bruno. Dad was not happy at all. He was very much disappointed in a sense. Um, But when Lucas came around and he actually got to spend time with them, he was like proud of me. Mm -hmm. Um, but now that it's been seven years, I, I get, I do feel like, God forgive me, but I do feel like everywhere in our families, we, we get those looks as this, like, is this gig up? Like, shouldn't you be going back to work right. sort of a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So. Episode 3 continues with Maite discussing some of the issues that she and Zach faced in their marriage with how they were raised. Like, how you grew up and how he grew up, like, the, the clash of the titans, I guess, like, mm-hmm. in y'all's marriage. Like, with some of the with some issues, of like, the... like, that y'all kind of came up against with him being, I guess, the neat freak family. You're just kind of coming from, 
Yes, so he, so his parents both um, were stay-at-home in a sense. Oh, um, okay. Like, our lives are very similar to, like, the lives that he had growing up as a kid, his parents had, because his parents raised him um, on a flower farm. Mm-hmm. And it was a business that they had. Okay. So the mom stayed with them till they got to high school. Okay. And so we're kind of doing... Uh, somewhat similar situation. So right. he always had a parent at home. So he values that. Right. Um, and with me, my parents were always out. And not only did they both work full time jobs, but they also had like full time like side hustles where they had like Mexican restaurants and like Mexican stores growing up. So like my parents, if we spent time with them, it was because we were like hanging out at one of the stores or the restaurant. Really. Um. Mm-hmm. And so it was very like different like for me it was like always focus on work and always doing something whereas with him it was like more relaxed sort of a thing like it's all good sort of like attitude let's be laid back and with me I was like okay no we have to put this and this and this and this on our schedule we got to get all these things done and um, whatever but I guess one of the things that we came up against is like how to decide um, like how we're gonna do things because not only is it how we were raised but it's also our culture so for like example um i'm not quite sure what would be a good one here um uh speaking spanish mm-hmm. is a good one um i wanted to teach uh our lucas and amelia spanish and we speak to them in spanish but for the most part, it's, it's just English. And especially with our first kid, like, he was the first out of, like, his family. Like, from his grandmother and grandfather and his dad's side, like, Lucas was the first grandkid, mm-hmm. essentially. And so there was this, like, for me and him, a huge pressure for the them, like, Lucas to know English and not Spanish. Um, so that, that was different um, because we wanted everyone to know, like, the Spanish... Um, to know how to communicate with with her, her, mm-hmm. her, um, her son. I have to edit all this out. Mm. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that one wasn't that good. Is it? No, example, that's fine. But, no, that's fine. No, that's great. Um, one that is like people are gonna look and and be um, like, hmm. A curious one is um, so his parents stayed at home with him. Yeah. And he was just he was homeschooled. My right. husband was homeschooled up until high school. So he was always with his parents. And if he wasn't at home, he was at church. Mm-hmm. Church and home. He grew up in this, like, he was always well loved. And he grew up in this church community. His parents were very involved in church. And he got to spend lots of time with his grandmother. And his grandmother was very much, like, a loving Christian woman who right, had right, all right, these right, values, right. values. And so, like, he's always had these traditions, like, Christmas, for example, Christmas tree and all these things and yeah. decorations and baking cookies and all these things that, like, to me, were things that sounded awesome, but there were things that, to me, existed in the movies. Like, yeah, that yeah. wasn't something that I knew about. Right. Um, and so me lacking, like, the idea of doing those things, like, even is challenging now because for him it's like, oh, let's decorate and let's do Christmas and all these things for me. It's like, 
it's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. be okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't need, like, 20 presents per yeah, kid. You're fine with two, uh-huh. and they should be grateful. <laughs> you ain't even getting two. How about that? Exactly, mm-hmm. yes. Um, <laughs> and especially if they're not, you know, they're not behaving. You're right. not going to get anything. Um, wow. So there's certain things that we we don't agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, right. we really have to work towards, mm-hmm. like, sort of, like, traditions and, like, who cares for our kids. Mm. I was... Uh, like I think like my aunt and like a bunch of people cared for us whoever could would watch over us and for me I guess I, I never developed this sense of so much safety yeah, yeah, yeah. because of it yeah, 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 sure. and with him he was like always safe like never felt like fearful or afraid or lonely and so he's very much like okay about like you know having certain people watch our kids like people that we trust and for me even though I trust my mother and my sister and my mother-in-law with like my the lives of my children for me it's really hard to separate from yeah. my kids because yeah. I want to be there with them right, that's because I want to make thing. sure that's okay yeah. so I think I might take it to a level that's really unhealthy hmm. um, because I, I remember feeling just that sense of loneliness and like needing my mm-hmm. parents I think mm-hmm. and I, I guess I kind of like Project that onto my kids, Mm. you know, as a parent now, thinking of what that's like. Whereas with him, he's like, they're going to be okay. Right. And that's kind of where y'all help balance each other out at. It's like, he's like, okay, maybe you're doing too much, Mazay. So he's like that kind of, that balance for you. But my mom, my sister, um, she has two kids. And like... Listening to her talk and listening to my mom talk about yeah. how it was with us, mm-hmm. I don't think you're too far off. Okay. Because my sister's like mom, she trusts my mom with her kids, but at the end of the day, she's like my sister was like, I think about them all day. Right. When they're not in my presence, I'm like yes, thinking about them, yes. so, and I I don't know what that's like. I mean, they're they're my niece and my nephew, and I love them, and I'll do whatever I can for them, but I don't have that motherly like instinct kind of thing well I'm, i don't know if i don't have it. i don't know but you know what i'm saying like no. i don't i don't know what it's like to be a mom and to be worried about my kids 24 hours a day right so i, I don't i mean yeah maybe you feel like you're overdoing it but i don't i don't think you're too far off <laughs> thank you so yeah yeah um but yeah i can't, I can't imagine I'm like whoa um i wonder why society puts this pressure on us to feel like after a certain time, you need to go back to work. Like, I guess I'm not looking for an answer from you. I'm just kind of talking out loud. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? Is it just an American thing? You know, is it just, I don't know. Like, why do we feel that pressure? Like, okay, you've been at home for seven years. You need to go back to work. Like, what is that right. about? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can answer that for everyone. Yeah. Um, but I just, I know that for, at least for me, it's been, Sort of like, okay, um, when I was, not that I ever did anything grand with my life, but um, when I was in college yeah. or I did certain things, um, people would respect me and people would sort of like, in a sense, admire me and think I was actually doing something in life that was worthy. And then when you become a stay-at-home mom, like, it's been in my experience, and maybe it's the area that we live in, but it's been my experience that people sort of look 
down on you in yeah. a sense. Yeah. Um, like almost like what you're doing isn't necessary. Yeah. Um, because there's so much, you know, other things that you could be doing. You could be life. doing yeah. that you could be making. Yeah. Um, and so Yeah. I, I just I feel like for some reason our culture instead of like being um just sort of like encouraging to women who choose to stay at home. Yeah. They actually look down on them like like they're sort of like you know, hmm. below them. Yeah. Sort like, of like oh, you know, that's cute. Right. Like you're a stay at home mom like, oh you know, like if you're at a dinner party yes. or something, someone's like, Oh well, what do you do? Oh I'm a stay at home mom it's just like Yes. You know, it's like, oh, uh, I don't know how to talk to you about that. Because exactly, yeah. If people that. actually do say, like, what do you do? Yeah. Like, what, like, okay, so I've had people ask me in the past, like, so as a stay-at-home parent, like, what do you actually do? And it's like, you mean what I don't do? Like, right. what, what don't, don't I, I do? do? Right. Um, like, so boy. I think there's some level of respect, a lack of respect and a lack of appreciation just yeah. for what we do. Yeah. And I don't know if that's depending on, like, how they were raised, you yeah. know, because I think sometimes we value, like, how we lived our lives. So, like, for example, my husband, it was easy for him to value a, a woman at home raising her children right. because he had that. As where I didn't have that, my mom was working with my dad. Like, in our growing up, it was a woman who could, you know, pay for something for her kids because she was working really hard at, you know, at providing for them and also being a provider. So I guess maybe it's just how people are raised and what they think, but I think we all do things differently. And for, hmm. for me, it was where I felt like God actually placed me. Yeah. Like God was like, I'm actually going to like flip this script for you, honey. This is where you need to be. And like, I never saw myself doing this, yeah. but I can't imagine myself doing anything else. Right. I will stay here until I feel God himself is calling me out of this, um, just out of leaving this. But right. Yeah. I, I don't know how to answer it specifically. No, you did. You answered it. <laughs> so talk about the income thing because mm -hmm. I know that we're so used to a certain lifestyle, some of us, you know, and then yeah. – you know, a man, your husband talking about, hey, I want you to stay at home, you automatically start thinking, oh, no, I can't go do this, you know. Talk about, I guess, like, the whole having to really stick to a budget and how right. all of that. Yes, yes. It's, it's, uh, it's difficult mm. because, so he works from home and he's in computer sales and I help with that. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to help because then I feel like, oh, I actually am helping him and, um, I try to take some of that, I guess, financial stress and burden off of him by offering my, my hands mm -hmm. to help him. And that's been very helpful. But we didn't think that it was an issue till very recently um, because Lucas started going to school last year. He's okay. in kindergarten. He's in first grade. And now we're around parents who, like, are all working and have, like, two incomes and um, – when we drive to the, through the car line, it's like, oh, I'm driving my old car that I had in undergraduate school that's like 12 years old and mm -hmm. it's like falling apart mm -hmm. almost. It's mm -hmm. not that bad condition. Right, right, but, right, right. And then we see all these parents like with these really expensive vehicles. Yeah. And, um, it was, we didn't realize that it was like, I feel like we, we felt good about, you know, being a one car family and not having very much because we, 
we're still in a position where we're a one car family and like we just got iPhones like literally like two years ago, which mm-hmm. is like super embarrassing. In fact, <laughs> probably wouldn't want the world to know this. <laughs> well, I've never had an iPhone, so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You're not alone. Um, and it's just like it's hard for him because he mm. has that on him. Mm. But then for us, it's also worth raising our kids and teaching them certain things and just being around and having all this time that maybe other parents don't have. Yeah. And it's been a sacrifice and it's been tough. And we've gone through tough times. And especially like during the holidays, you know, we're like, he's somewhat in a sense like, if he doesn't sell, then he's not making money. So it's sort of like a sell, sort of like commission type of mm. job. And um, some, you know, some weeks or some uh, months are better than others. And sometimes they're not as good. So, um, we just kind of like make it work and we just like have to trust that God is going to provide and yeah. that he's going to see us through. And that's yeah. really, um, what gets us through it, you know? And it's easy because sometimes we're like, well, maybe this is not worth it. Maybe we need to have two incomes. Mm. Maybe someone needs to do something differently. Um, and that's been somewhat, you know, challenging, but at the end of the day, we are very happy with what we've done and the decisions that we've made. And, it really is sort of like up to God. And when we feel like he moves us out of here, then that's what we're going to do. But until then, we're just going to kind of stick with where he has placed us. Um, but I don't know if that was helpful at all. Yeah. Stop <laughs> downplaying your answers. This is, girl, this is helping me out. This is helping because I, I, um, I spend too much time on social media, so I, I'm trying to work on that. Yeah. But um, I just hear... Just one girl at work was talking about it, and one girl on social social media I was following, and you know, just like my husband wants me to stay at home, but uh, you know, that's the initial like, what am I gonna do? Stay around my kids all day, be at home all day, uh-huh. and I guess that can be kind of like overwhelming to think about, like, oh yeah, like I gotta sure. be running, yeah, they're yours, but it's like I gotta be around them all day, like. <laughs> cooking and cleaning and picking up after them and yeah. fussing at them and yes. this is like you know and it seems like uh-uh you know that's too much but I mean the bible you know I don't know the specific scripture but you know that that's laying down our lives laying down you know crucifying this flesh and you know doing the things yes. that aren't popular because this is yes. not a popular thing especially we, we're 32 you know it's like 32 you need to be out here you know getting them coins and mm-hmm. all this stuff mm-hmm. but you know and this is not y'all we're not telling you that god is telling you to sit at home and take care of your kids or homeschool them we're not saying that but the goal of this thing as i said before is to just kind of put a bug in your ear just kind of put it out there and maybe in hopes that you know maybe you'll sit down with your spouse and you just you know talk about things like this because this is a real life person this isn't a blog that you know I looked up on and I'm telling y'all hey you know this is what this person did this is like my homegirl this is my friend this is somebody I've known for a while and I've grown up with and I'm just thankful for the opportunity to interview you my day and to just get your your perspective on stuff because again this is this is a very taboo subject being a stay-at-home mom being a young mom you know you need to be out here you and your husband need to be out here you know flossing you know with the two big suvs in the yard and all that kind of stuff and you know jet set in italy and you know what i mean yeah and um yeah so if you if you're considering this this whole 
stay-at-home mom thing, I just, again, consider you to urge you to just pray about it. Like I said, talk it over with your spouse. Mm -hmm. You know, just let God lead you. We, We say we trust God. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. But then God is like, hey. That's what I need you to do. It's like, um. Yeah. Mm. It's about obedience. <laughs> and that is hard. Jesus, you. Yes. Did, I, did I hear you right? Did mm-hmm. you. Maybe that was. Maybe that was just me. You know, maybe that was the devil. You know, we put on everybody yes. and everything on else. The enemy. Yes. But, you know, but God, because, listen, we don't be wanting to do what God say do. We mm-hmm. say we do, mm-hmm. but we don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, right. and for me, my journey was. I think God made it very clear. And that's sort of like my way to salvation. Yeah. Um, because, so like I grew up believing in God, but I didn't understand what Jesus did on that cross yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. understand the power of the cross. And I went to a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And this was my experience of the Catholic church. It was, if you're not perfect, you're going to go to hell and you're going to burn. And there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. And you're not worthy of God. And so for me, I was always afraid of this bad God. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. get the good God, the real God. Yeah. Um, and I so I had my years of, of rebellion and things I would do differently now. Um, and so for me, it was God was there. And I knew he was real. But I only went to God when I needed something, mm, when I yes. was really low in life, when I would pray because I was, like, dying because something was going <laughs> well, on, you right, know? Right, right. Yeah, trust me, I know. And it wasn't <laughs> until after I had Lucas, because I actually had a postpartum depression, because, mm-hmm. you know, it was tough for me, because I'm like, okay, I worked all my life for this, and now I have this kid, this, this you know, this miracle baby God that came to us, and, like... Not in my plans. What am I going to do? Like, I don't understand why you would do this to me. And so for me, it was a struggle. And I got really into postpartum depression for, like, maybe, like, two years. And I didn't confide in anyone. And, like, I think towards, like, maybe, like, going through it for, like, a year and a half, I might have told a couple of people. But they just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to rely on myself because mm-hmm. I did mental health counseling. But then I felt like God spoke to me, and he said, okay, you who have studied to be a mental health counselor, who's got like 600 plus hours of internship, and I actually, my experience, the little that I got was with severe mental health disorders. You can't help yourself, Maite. You can't fix yourself, so you have to let go and let me. Mm. And it was when I was, I didn't know, I didn't know how to fix it. And I, I, at that point, I knew, like, I can't do this alone. So it was almost like, literally, I could see myself on my knees, throwing my hand out and saying, if you are real God, if, if you are who you say you mm. are, mm. if you are going to do this for me, then I need you to do it for me now because I can't do it anymore. Mm. And I felt like he literally took his hand out and extended it, and he pulled me up mm, from wow. the depression. Mm. And at that moment, when I, I, I let go and I let God, that is the moment that I know I can say, I actually trust you. I know who you are, and I accept you. I received your gift, and I want to be your child. Mm. It was through that challenge of actually becoming a parent and deciding I'm going to be a stay-at-home parent and forget my education or put it on pause because I know this is what you got want me to be. 
this is where you want me to be, God, and this is what you want me to do, and I'm going to obey you even though I don't understand you at the moment. And so him doing that is what brought me to be a stay-at-home parent, and it also brought me to him. Mm. So it made me a strong parent, but it made me a stronger daughter because it mm. built my relationship with him. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, how long have we been on each other? And I just, the things you just find out about people. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so for me, it was my journey with God where he, he placed me. And I know we're all different, different people, and you just have to be willing to have the ears and the eyes to see and let him lead you and and follow it and it might not be comfortable and you might question him and be like god like really this is what you want from me but if he's talking to you and you're not sure just seek his word Mm -hmm. and and you know that when you pray right before you read your bible and you open that bible he's going to speak to you some way and Mm -hmm. the spirit will guide you and you will have your answers and you just have to go there yeah. And if you can do it because God's placing you, whether it's to be a stay-at-home parent or to do something else, just go where God leads you and you're going to be okay. Mm. So that's like my best advice to, to anyone, really. Yeah, say, there y'all have it. That's it. <laughs> just seek the Lord. Seek the If you're a Christian. If you're not, hey, the invitation is always open for you to give mm-hmm. your life to Jesus because Amen. he died on the cross for your sin. Y'all, we were objects of wrath. On our way to hell, we deserve death and hell. We are messed up. We cannot do enough good things, y'all, to get ourselves into heaven. But the mercy and grace of God mm-hmm. is in Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And we have to accept that gift of salvation. So, yeah, that is all, you guys. Um, thank you, Monte. Thank you for girl. being my first, uh, my guinea pig, I guess you would call it. Hey, guinea <laughs> I just want, I don't know, I just. Not that I'm special or anything, but God is special. And I just want you guys to remember the salvation is real. And the gift is always there. And he's always there. You just have to be willing to accept him. Yes. It's it's always there until you die, pretty much. So, yeah. Don't die without Jesus. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Peace out. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Simply a Vessel podcast. This has been your host, Janelle Hunter. You can find me on Instagram at Simply a Vessel, all one word. Have a great week and may God richly bless you.